Hello all you seekers, explorers and renegades out there. Welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Today we have a special edition. It's uh, of carte blanche where Barbie and I discuss various topics as you may have heard before. But today, this episode is also simulcast on Barbie's TV channel called You Are Amazing TV, which you can find on The Best You TV, uh, which is being broadcast on Apple TV, Roku, Google Play, Amazon Fire Stick, and on the Best You TV app that you can find either in your Google uh, App Store or your Apple App Store. On our channel you will find uh, her interviewing a variety of thought leaders uh, in terms of uh, health and uh, well-being, mental health, mindfulness and so forth. And on top of that you will find a lot of ordinary people just like me uh, expressing how they have done things in their lives and how they've overcome their challenges and how they are bringing their gifts to bear on humanity as a whole. But for today's episode here on the Alchemy Experience podcast, we are talking about visioning. And visioning is a slightly different concept to visualizations that you may be familiar with, where you bring in a different kind of focus on the process of uh, visualizing something and incorporating and embodying the whole uh, all the different uh, internal senses that you have so uh, not going to give away the uh, whole story so i'm going to allow you to just dive straight into the uh, the discussion enjoy i have the pleasure of having barbie with me here today and for those of you who follow uh, my podcast will know that barbie and i have a running feature called carte blanche uh, where essentially we bring up anything and everything and there are no holds bar. And uh, so uh, Barbie and I did an episode back in January 2021 where we, uh, that I called Bend It Like Barbie because Barbie had a tremendous journey in 2020 and it's going to be even more tremendous in 2021 as we're sitting here, uh, as it's unfolding. And... Uh, so I wanted to bring Barbie on my podcast and talk about how she basically bends reality. And uh, then that became so popular, obviously, she is master manifester. So <laughs> that one uh, went almost viral. So we decided to start doing a bit of a feature. And uh, here we are now. We are broadcasting or simulcasting it, I suppose, on uh, Consciousness Corner TV as well. So welcome, Barbie. Thank you. It's so awesome to be here on TV and also on your podcast at the same time. Yes, I mean we're using all all different means of transmission here, aren't we? Um, and today we had decided that we were going to talk about visioning. And to most people, I think um, it's more popular known as uh, visualizing, or uh, you know, um, yeah, what would you call it? Yeah, visualizing, right? Vision boards type of things. Most people, that's kind of more the, the way that they look at it, but we want to look at it from the perspective of fleshing it out. Yeah. So in my journey, when I first started out working on yeah these kind of topics and working on myself, if nothing else, I was at a stage in my life where my identity had been 
kind of ripped from me as more um, and i was sitting with a as i you've heard me describe before a big white canvas in front of me i from one day to the next i didn't know what my identity was or what my future was going to be um so i was very challenged by all the all of these people on facebook and <laughs> the internet in general saying oh yes just uh, visualize what you want and uh, you manifest it and that's fantastic and the challenge for me was that i couldn't it was too overwhelming for me to uh, visualize what my future was going to be like so here i was with this big white canvas trying to figure out what's going to go on this canvas um and uh, it took me quite a few years to kind of fill this with beautiful colors and all of this uh but i had to start small i had to start with one picture and say okay this is what i want to manifest right now so if that is at that time uh you know it was okay become a reiki practitioner let's put that on the uh, canvas and then from that then you start leading into different other things and start filling in this canvas with beautiful colors beautiful scenery beautiful experiences um and then of course from that you also learn that you not now know the what's now you, you got to figure out why you want it and uh, fill your body with that feeling of what will it feel like when i get there so i know barbie is uh, definitely more uh on the in the stratosphere on these things and i'll uh, <laughs> she'll definitely talk more about that but let's talk a little bit about you know where people can start out in order to yeah put that first brush stroke on that uh, white canvas what do you feel about that barbie well, I think that unfortunately, a lot of people really focus a lot on what's wrong all the time. We're always thinking that, that people, you know, they need to be fixed and that they're broken and they have all these horrible things that are wrong with them. And there's nothing wrong with that if you're coming from a perspective of where you had an illness, you had depression, you had anxiety, you know, you were diagnosed with something, some doctor told you had six months to live. Most of the people that I see a lot of times who make these big leaps are oftentimes there's almost a crisis of faith. It's that hero's journey of where something really kind of crashed them down and then they had to basically kind of pick themselves back up. And I know I definitely had that myself about five years ago. But I think that starting off is in a lot of ways, it's kind of not seeing that your life is a static story and then it's gonna be the same every single day. Because I think what happens is that people get into this limiting idea that this is me, this is my life, this is how it's always going to be, and then you get into a rut. And I used to know this one coworker that literally every time you saw him, it was like, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? And I thought to myself, the guy might as well just have a little tape recorder and just press the button because every time you see him, he's going to say the same thing. So, you know, your brain has all these synapses and dendrites and it makes all these neural pathways. And we have what's called neuro neuroplasticity. And there's that mm -hmm. old thing that they say, you know, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. And I say bull on that. They're, that's absolutely incorrect. The bottom line is the fact that you, if you start to approach things from a childlike wonder and you start to think to yourself, like, you know, when did I lose that feeling like, you know, Christmas morning of where I was excited about something? When did I lose that excitement about going to a birthday party? I know people who, you know, oh, 50, oh, 40. Oh, 60. It's like, you know, people put death colors on their candles and stuff like that because it's like, oh, your life is over. But I think that if you start to think to yourself that 
your life is totally unwritten and that there's so many new pages for you to write. How many stories have you read about the fact that the person, you know, how Stella got her groove back or Bridget Jones diary or all sorts of different things of where people shifted themselves in the sense of where, you know, I mean, remember Bridget Jones used to count how many cigarettes she had and how many drinks and she was going to go on a diet and she was always talking about, you know, what she was going to change, et cetera. But it's sometimes it's like really, really starting small. So when I was doing Best View Talks last year, one of the things that I did, which was kind of, uh, it, it was called extreme gratitude. So I think one of the, the starting points is the fact that, you know, a lot of us were dealing with being on lockdown. Some people still are on lockdown, unfortunately. And it was this totally different thing of where it was really hard to cope. And especially people that I've talked to who are jet setters and they go from country to country all over the place every, you know, for work and things like that. They felt landlocked in a way that they'd never felt before because they were totally, you know, couldn't go anywhere. And so the extreme gratitude was starting off with the fact that, okay, you might think that your life sucks, but by the same token, it's gratitude for the fact that the water company is still pumping water through your pipes and gratitude that you have a working sink and a shower. And, um, you know, it's, it's gratitude for your dishwasher and gratitude for your stove and gratitude for your refrigerator and gratitude. I mean, if you can see, you can start going to your bed and then gratitude for that. I have food and gratitude and gratitude for all these different things. And what I found is that once I got to 15 or 20 things, I wasn't feeling this horrible, like bad, energy because ultimately I had shifted it into going like, oh, Ooh, look at what I have. Now I'd like my life to get better from this, but it's still starting at that first point of saying, okay, I need to acknowledge what I have. And if you well, start, you're going to start out what, what, what you can believe, right? Yes. At every level of your being. So if you start out with, I, I want a Ferrari and you visualize that Ferrari, if you don't believe it, it's just going to be another source of your lack uh, that, oh, yeah, I don't have a Ferrari. And then it's actually going to become a negative manifestation, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So it's, you got to start out what you can actually believe in, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then from there, it's like, then you start to kind of think to yourself, it's like, I know that in the Buddha and the Badass, I know Vishen Lakhiani talks a lot about like identity shifting. And that was something I started doing about two or three years ago. I, I, I was in the middle of, of a very chronic illness that was most people, most doctors told me was not gonna allow me to keep working. And I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna use fashion as my therapy. And so I just mm -hmm. thought to myself that by dressing up every single day, I mean, even, even, you know, we dressed for the audience today so that we could present in the sense of where it's stepping into this, you know, lovely place. It could have been, you know, in just casual yoga pants, but you know, bottom line is the fact that <laughs> When you present yourself, you present a certain type of a way. So getting yeah. dressed in the morning and, and adorning your body with, with clothes that you like, that feel comfortable, allowing color to be a part of your therapy, allowing yourself to put on whatever cologne or perfume makes you, makes you smell good. And then having this complete attitude in the sense of where it's like, I'm showing up for wherever you're going. So wherever you're actually showing up is exactly, <laughs> so fun. Wherever you're showing up in, you show up totally completely ready to go. So I know that I was I was telling an interview guest the other day just the funny part about the the more that I presented myself in a positive way the more that I started having these really really cool experiences. So when I was dressed up just in the re regular thing, I mean, I'm in California where the, you know, the vans and the, you know, the jeans and the hoodie is kind of the normal like uniform, everyone's just kind of, you know, about the same. And I would literally <clears throat> completely, you know, dressed in a nice way. 
And I remember walking into Costco the last time I was there and I had a personal shopper who just walked around and took me every place and can I get you this and can I get you that and can I help you with this and can I help with that? And normally you can't even find a cash register person to be able to help you out. That's like the only people that are working there. So it's almost like when you start to present in a positive way of where you start to kind of pull yourself forward. So if I felt like a two because I was hurting so badly from the, the symptoms that I had, but then I was just like, you know, where it made me, you know, like, to the nines, as they say, it would oftentimes make me where I would feel like a five or a six. And yeah. those are the kind of things of where you dressing or picking a color that you want to wear, et cetera. Those are completely things that are within your control. But when you just totally put your hair in a bun and you put on your flip flops and you put on your hoodie and your, you know, your yoga pants with the curry stain on it or whatever else, a lot <laughs> of times you feel as bad as you know you feel like you're just schlumpy and so you kind of slump around life because you feel schlumpy but when you present yourself in a way where you're you know you're well groomed and you're well dressed people also want to interface with you well and as dressing for the life that you want as opposed to dressing for the life you have right exactly exactly yeah. so and i mean that is in business is uh, an old adage you know show, show up uh the best or the way you want to be per, uh, perceived as it were mm -hmm. um but we we both know that it's more important how you look at yourself as opposed to how others look at you right yes. yeah, uh, that, yeah once you you radiate that out into the public then people will see you the way that you see yourself and that is the perfect way to put it it's the radiance in the sense of where you know because you and i are both energy workers I know that calling in the light and just asking for this beautiful energy to, to kind of like, you know, work within you. It's just universal source energy. When you open yourself and you expand, people that manifest generally are expanded people. Manifested people generally expand around 20 to 40 feet around them. And so what happens is that they're drawing all these people in with their radiance. And again, this doesn't matter what brand you're wearing. They don't have to be expensive clothes. It's not that you have to go out and buy yourself a new wardrobe. It's none of that kind of stuff. But most people have a whole closet filled with all sorts of things they haven't worn in a long time. And certain things feel a certain kind of a way when you put them on. And it's it's a fact too. It's like, you know, I mean, I was a, you know, I was a plus size runway model when I was in my 20s. So it's like, for me, I've always been in the, you know, the upper sizes, et cetera. But by the same token, you can't allow that to be able to make it feel somehow that you don't get to to participate in fashion it's like it's literally that kind of thing of where you present it for yourself and beauty comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes so you come from where you are you start with that and then if you start to feel good i notice a lot of times i i just kind of you know the weight starts to kind of regulate when you start to be in acceptance of yourself too that's kind of like a big thing that that also just kind of ends up being a byproduct because you're not constantly worrying about it or feeling like you're judging yourself well and i think as you say it's that having that idea of yourself, but also daring to show up authentically you, um, not shying away and hiding yourself, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there, there are some of these uh, plus size models out there that totally show up like badass uh, as themselves and you, you see it, it's like beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's being able to show up authentically, but I think that is, one of the challenges that we have when we do when we st first start out with this visioning we don't actually dare to dream the big dreams and we don't dare to ask for more than we feel that we deserve because we we have this 
attitude about ourselves that we are not worthy of whatever is supposed to come to us. Uh, and that does become, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot uh, about, uh, before about, uh, you know, being receiving impaired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that yeah. Because we don't recognize that we are worthy of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where, so when we start out with the visioning, we have to start small. We have to start small in order to say, well, I'm worth this much. And then when you get that, when you get that validated, then you can ask for a little bit more. And when you feel that you're worthy to that and you get that, then you can ask for a little bit more again. And you get this uh, exponential kind of amplification of it, right? Well, that's something of where I've really come to the conclusion that your opinion of yourself is the most important opinion. I mean, that's literally become almost like a tagline for me because not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone's going to like you. You don't have to be everybody's cup of tea. I figure if 80% of people that are clients and things like that, they're jiving with you, you're pretty much doing a good job because that 10 to 20% is always the people on Yelp who are complaining about how they didn't get their mocha latte like right in like one minute. The person missed out their almond milk for the soy and you're like, don't you have anything else to complain about? But you know, those yeah. are the people that are just never going to be happy. But when you, you shift it, so many people, when I got my master's degree at University of Santa Monica, so many of those people, a lot of them were CEOs and movie executives and different kinds of people who on the outside looked very, very successful. But what was so interesting is that when we were going into a lot of these deep works and looking at some of their core wounds, we had a second year project that we had to come in, which was a passion project. And ultimately, a lot of those people, they wanted to do art because their art teacher told them that they sucked at art or they wanted to do dancing on stage because somebody told them they had two left feet and things like that. So I think one of the biggest obstacles that we have is almost like shedding these layers of all these things that people have told us who we are and who we are not. And so in a, in a sense, the start of visioning is to kind of like, almost take a personal inventory, not Alcoholics Anonymous style, but just a personal inventory mm -hmm. of like, so who am I? Like, this is my body. I am not my body, but this is my body. And this is what's carrying me. I'm not my mind, but I have a mind. It's like all these different things of where you have, you know, your body, mind, and spirit and getting into the idea of like, well, who am I? And I even notice sometimes when you, when you are around somebody a long time who they have a certain kind of a laugh, you almost in, you start to get that person's laugh because you're around that person all the time or even like different languages. I mean, you know, you use some of my terms and I use some of your terms because we talk all the time. So it's the kind of stuff of where it just becomes kind of a normal thing of where, you know, language is a live thing. But that's where you have to be really impeccable with your word. And I know you can talk about that because the four agreements to you are like really, really important. Absolutely. And it's, it is that part of working with yourself that then, allows you to go into a mode of uh, believing that you are worth these dif different things and that then allows you to paint uh, you know a bigger picture so uh, for me going from you know this idea of becoming a uh, Reiki practitioner to now I run my own podcast you know I'm on your show on <clears throat> the consciousness corner TV um, it's it's quite a <clears throat> quite a big uh, leap, as it were, um, and so yeah. I mean, if we look at <clears throat> excuse me, if you look at uh, the four agreements where we're talking about, don't assume anything about anybody else, 
don't take anything personally always uh, do your best and or uh, use your words impeccably those are agreements i make with myself every single day because that then allows me to become more compassionate with myself which in turn allows me to become more compassionate with others um, and in our coaching workshops, the four pillars uh, I talk about um, is compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. If you approach every single experience you have or have had with these uh, pillars, if you like, then nothing will be a challenge any longer because you will feel that you can see that every experience is there for for reason and that you can extract the gift from every single experience, however difficult it may have been. Uh, so I talked to Nolan Pillay uh, a while ago here, and you know he almost uh, <clears throat> became a, one of the statistics in, during COVID, uh, COVID-19. And so for him to turn around and his story is amazing anyway, but he's had to do it quite, quite a few times where he's seen his, these challenges in life and he's had to like really big challenges that he's had to extract these gifts from. But I know he, I remember he was telling me when he was laying there on oxygen uh, in the hospital that he was visualizing himself walking out of the hospital, breathing by himself, essentially running out of the hospital, laughing and enjoying life. And that he put that real in his mind, as opposed to, oh my God, oh my God, I'm laying here, I'm, I'm on oxygen, I'm not gonna survive, I'm not gonna make it. Rather than having that show real go 24 seven, you can choose what you put in there, right? So do your best in terms of being able to uh, paint that little picture. For him at that time, the little picture was to walk out of the hospital. That was the only thing he needed on his canvas, right? And then once you get to that, once you manifest that, you go, oh, wow, I could really do this. What else can I do, right? So, and like you were saying that you didn't let your uh, debilitating illness master you. So once you came to understand that, oh, wow, I don't need to be controlled by my illness. What else can I do? Right. And then you, you go into manifesting more and more things. And now here you are with your own TV channel and interviewing you know, in terms of, <laughs> of the uh, uh, personal development space, uh, you know, world famous, uh, I inspiring people, um, that you just go, how did I do this? You know, uh, so it's, it's starting out with what's manageable to you, but to do with kindness. Because I think one of the biggest challenges is when we beat ourselves up, then we we're not able to see anything in front of us because it's we are so busy beating ourselves up so that we don't think that we deserve anything and therefore we don't put anything on on the canvas as it were so the four agreements is the first step to really take a look inside and say you know what i am enough 
I am worthy, right? Well, then stepping into this this other place, I mean, I think the most important part for people to understand is the fact that here we are, and if you're watching us, that's awesome. But by the same token, this was actually something that was so far-fetched and so out of even what I had thought about. I mean, this wasn't even something that I had imagined. But the most important thing, I have three goals when I talk about, and th that's what last year really was about, was saying yes to the universe. It was saying yes to all these opportunities that came forward as opposed to constantly saying no. And being kind of taken out, you know, I've lived in three on three continents, I've traveled over 35 countries, I've been to every single state in the United States, including Alaska and all the Hawaiian islands. I mean, I love to travel. So being, you know, kind of like 2016, I had pretty much my own pandemic where I got kind of landlocked where it was like work home on the couch with an ice pack. I mean, it was like, it was that dire and I didn't know if I was gonna make it. And that's one of those things of where you can see in the sense of where it's like, you don't have to be a spring chicken. You don't have to be 22 years old, fresh and shiny out of out of college. People do all these things. You oftentimes have to make a choice. And you have mm -hmm. to make that choice to be able to, to switch into a different gear. And so I just said, I don't really want to live like this for the rest of my life where it's just rinse, repeat, rerun over again every day. It's just the same old monotony, same old you know things of where your, your life just, or my life got really, really small. And so the three things that I really focus on and that I really, you know, was able to crystallize last year is that I wanted people to fall in love with themselves and I wanted to have people reanimate their dreams. And the number three thing would be to become the VIP in your own life. So one of the things that's really, really funny about us as human species is that there are a lot of places you go to where, you know, there's plastic on the good furniture because it's only for company or there's all this bone china and this gorgeous, you know, like fancy silver and there's all these beautiful things. And it's like, oh, but that's for company. You know, it's like, well, they get the good stuff. And then you, you know, then a lot of times people will be misers with themselves. They buy the the good rolls for, you know, when company comes over and there's nothing wrong with splurging on, on guests by the same token, you also have to be the VIP of your own life. And during the pandemic last year, we all didn't know what was going to happen. We're not sure. For a lot of people, it felt like Armageddon, like the end of the world. You know what I mean? So from that perspective, it's like, you know, people are like, what, what, what is going on? So I just thought to myself, okay, and Naveen Jane talks about this, you know, what are you live? What are you willing to die for? So technically pandemic for a lot of people is like a, a death of the planet and the way of life that we were having. So I just thought, okay, so what would I want to manifest out of this? What would I want to do? And so putting all of the energy and time rather than focusing on 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 all the negativity focusing on okay well what is what is within my control and what is within my control is what i choose to i, I turn off all of the news feed things that were going off on the on all of the devices because it was like every hour on the hour it was scorched earth the world is going to blow up and i just it's like you're on this cortisol like oh my god constantly being pinged by all this stuff that you don't need to know about and i don't need mm -hmm. to know 15 things about the Kardashians and all their stuff. So it's like, there's so many no. things that were just turning <laughs> off that noise was like really, really beautiful where, you know, if I feel like checking about it later, I shall, but I'm choosing to do so. So being mm -hmm. that VIP of your own life to me means that you wear your good stuff at home. You, you know, you use your good China if you want to. I have, I went to Waterford in, in Ireland. I use Waterford goblets for my Perrier. It's like, you know, it's those kind of things mm -hmm. of where it's like, you can't take it with you, so you might as well really, really enjoy it. And Rissa Peer talks about that too. 
using luxury items for yourself. Use bath products that smell good and make you feel good. And as opposed to just constantly skimping and getting the bargain brand because it's cheaper. Absolutely. And I think that is part of the, the visioning you do in your reality becomes part of the future that you create for yourself. So if you, if you create, like I know for you, uh, you like the, what uh, one of the strategies you had was to create uh, this fashion uh, person, right? So bringing in like Yves Saint Laurent, Gucci and Dolce Gabbana and whatever. Uh, my daughter knows those much better than I do. Um, but uh, to bring those into your life, because then you've already manifested them, mm -hmm. right? And then you just need to sit back and manifest the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's it's the same thing where we, when I when we go about life and we say, oh, when I get that new job, I'm going to be happy. And then you get that new job and it's like, oh, when I get a raise, I'm going to be happy. Well, what happens is that you keep pushing that happiness in, in front of you. You're never bringing it into your present moment, so it becomes uh, unattainable because you're always pushing it in front of you. So, bringing that happiness into your current state, into your present moment, then you are actually manifesting that happiness. Because one thing we realize, I think, when when we start looking inside and we start observing our own experiences, is that all these experiences we want to have already exist within us like happiness love gratitude uh, abundance all of this exists within us we just have to awaken it open the door to it and let it out within us so we don't actually need someone else to feel love we can actually feel love anyway of course it's nice to have some someone to share it with but the point is that you, you don't need to hang your label on someone else to feel that love uh, uh, or to, you know, have an event to feel happy. The happiness already exists within you. And when you start bringing in uh, items as in or material, for example, nice, nice bath products, so you have that aromatherapy if you like and you feel luxurious right so you evoke those feelings uh, through using different products or you like looking into the sun on a beautiful day and you get those feelings inside so you bring you find ways to evoke these feelings within you then that allows to uh, turbo boost that that manifestation well, and that's what one of the things that um, Esther Hicks talks about, too, is that in the sense of where you're absolutely right, that that's something like love does exist within you. But then what happens is that the universe also needs to know what you are asking for. And a lot of times, like you said, mm -hmm. a lot of people, especially after a certain age, maybe 40 people go like dreams, dreams, like I don't have any more. This is it. You know, I've made my choices and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But what happens is that in that radiance and that expansion that I was talking about, you create this opportunity of where inside of your ethers, then you have these things which are the objects of your attention. And those are the objects of your attention and whether or not that's a person or it's a Ferrari or the job or the, you wanna you know have a baby, whatever it is, 
it's giving yourself an opportunity where it is able to be read vibrationally. So you become a vibrational match for whatever it is that you're putting out there, et cetera. So that's, I think, really, really important from that perspective, because again, though, as you're saying, your own personal alignment, your own personal happiness is not contingent upon anything or anyone. It has to be within yourself. And so those are the things of where you need to find the things that make you happy. If you like to paint, you need to paint. If you like to read, you need to read. If you want like to sing, you need to sing. It's like you find that way to be able to, to really start to find some way to be in that creative expression of some sort. Um, even for some people, handwriting now is a, is a form of creative expression because we're always typing. Yeah, Exactly. right? So yeah, you had beautiful, beautiful way of meditating, by the way. Which I do, and I absolutely love it. But it, it's something of where when you're stepping into that space and you're fully congruent and aligned with yourself, then other people also can pick that up. So mm -hmm. I would love to kind of just share that last year, it was basically like September, October of 2019, and I got this intuitive hit that things just needed to change. I couldn't keep going on the way that they were. And so I started with Lifebook, with, with Mindbelly. And then from there, I found Christy Marie Sheldon and I took her amazing Intuition 101 course. And then from there, I was I did, I think, 60 something quests in the last year. And I just started manifesting in a way of where I had these hit or misses throughout my life of certain things that would happen that were completely out of the ordinary random VIP experiences at different places like Fenway Park or other places of, you know, you're just like, oh, backstage VIP experience because someone's getting married on the on the field. So you get to go through the owner's boxes and stuff. It's like, oh, darn, you know, but it's just those kind of things of where, you know, but those were completely random. So yeah. coming into your intuition and really starting to focus on listening to that, that's that gut feeling. That's that idea of where it tunes when you start listening to it you allow it to be almost like like this guidance of where some people think of it as spiritual you don't have to think of it as spiritual but a lot of people it's like when you have the inner guidance that keeps telling you you know you should do this you should do that or something just pops into your head of like oh you should do this or you know you call yeah. somebody and they say oh, i was just thinking about you so all those things kind of converge together and so manifesting all these different things just continues to juice it up in the point of where it's almost like it becomes this, uh, it's like a well-oiled machine in the sense of where, you know, once you've got the the little, you know, the, the squeaky wheel, it starts to get oiled. Also, the next thing you know, now it has the ability to start running and then it starts to have this 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 momentum of, it, of its own. And then from there, I did the, the five best you uh, expos and I was on the side stage doing a talk and definitely super nervous. And then by the time the last one was on London, I was on the main stage with Ken Honda and Lisa Nichols going like, wow, because of fan feedback. And somehow my message had resonated with people because I speak to the fact that it's totally possible for anybody. And it's the kind of thing of where I think the other part as well is the kind of like, well, who am I to have this? And it's like, who are you not? And that's the part about stepping into your into your power, stepping into your greatness. You become somebody that's a role model for other people to follow along and do what you've done because they see if you did it, I can do it. But a lot of yeah. people get jealousy or competitive mode and instead they're like, well, who is she and why is she doing this? And blah, 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 blah. That energy isn't going to manifest anything. That's not the way to vision your life. So if you are feeling those type of things, you need to step back. So a lot of things that are triggering you is the fact that, well, if that's what you want to do, go be yep. go be a speaker. Go start, sign up for a Toastmasters class. Do whatever it is that you want to do 
And I mean, we know people who have stepped out onto stages, et cetera. And if you have an abundance mindset that there's enough for everybody rather than a scarcity mindset, you know that there's enough room for there to be a thousand amazing speakers that are around the world that can do this kind of stuff. You don't think of yourself as as the one and only. It's it's not that you have to push everybody out of the way. You bring people with you. And that's mm -hmm. a completely different paradigm shift because it comes from generosity and sharing as opposed to, you know, like keeping these, you know, things under your belt and don't share this and don't share that because, you know, you have to, it, it, it's just a totally different frequency. Well, and I think the, the, uh, the science behind the um, kindness, uh, kindness and uh, uh, charity is quite well known today. So being a, being in that mindset that you describe, then you start to fire on different cylinders that actually bring you uh, joy, that bring you happiness, uh, or it, ju it jugs the, um, or it kind of opens the doors within you to feel the happiness within you. Um, and as you say, that competitiveness is only, that's a, just a mindset of lack. Because if, if you go forth with the idea that I'm the only one who can be a speaker, then you you have a lack mindset and don't realize that whatever I do, if I can bring people along with me, we can all manifest together, right? Yes. And, and that was something of where it's like, after doing the Best You Expos, then from there it turned into that you know, Bernardo Moya came up with this idea for the Best You TV, and I was the first person to sign up. I saw the vision, I saw the, the brilliance around it, and I was like, absolutely. So I signed up to be a part of that, but initially it was going to be kind of a one-shot deal, and then from there it turned into a show with interviewing, which I, I'm calling You Are Amazing, and I've already, I have eight people that are already, like you said, world famous people that are already booked and did two, two recordings already last week and have one coming up, two coming up this week. It's so exciting. But from that perspective, it was this interview show where it was like that was what it was going to be of once a month, maybe, you know, 12 interview shows. But then from there, having a channel, I realized that, oh, I have an opportunity to have 30 programs, but I don't want to make this all about me. So instead, it's like this is, again, following your intuition, following my intuition. It said, OK, well, I'm going to call it the consciousness corner. And I have there are so many interesting people, you know, that we both know that just going to ask different people if they'd like to share their amazing stories. And from there, the Consciousness Corner has now been born. I have 40 different content creators from 20, now seven countries that are creating content. And it's completely being done at this time with, with like no, no fees or any kind of like money being exchanged with anybody. Cause it's just to get this like positive message out. Cause I thought to myself, if you have a place where you go where it has 30 or more programs that are all about these amazing people that are, you know, thinking locally and acting globally. And then you go out there and get inspired and then you go help out people with a food bank or you go and you volunteer in an animal shelter or you do this or do that. But the best part about all that is that all these people who are now doing content, they're all communicating with each other. So mm -hmm. like your friends just talked to the guy you were talking about, Nolan in South Africa, they just connected. And then the people in South Africa are connecting with the Haiti people. And then these people are connecting with these people and these people are connecting with those people. So as you can see, it's the visioning of where you put it into this space. And, and then, you know, at the end of this, we'll show you how to do a, a creation bubble, but it's still, you put this into this space and then you say this or something better for the highest good of all concerned because your intuition or whatever is 
in charge of your life oftentimes has so much bigger plans than you ever thought that could happen. So here, like this dream came through me. I'm the channel and the vehicle, but by the same token, it came through me and it's benefiting so many other people. And that's to me why it's being so successful is because it's not about me. It's not ego driven. It's completely about creating this new space. And I just had a visioning this morning in my meditation of being at a, at a giant banquet with all the people who've been doing content for the year and having all these people connect with each other and so enthralled with their lives because they've become multimillionaires and they've they've franchised out and they've done all these different things. And I think to myself, all this came from a thought, came mm -hmm. from a dream, it came from a meditation. And it's your choice if you wanna take action on it or not. If you don't take action on it, it the dreams die with you. Well, the, the thoughts, and I mean, this is my personal belief system, uh, to me, thoughts are kind of little uh, envelopes that fly around energetically uh, around the universe. And when you are a energetic match to them, they're like, oh, oh, there's some energetic match. I better go down there. And the thought comes to you. Uh, and then well, the idea comes to you. And as you say, you then have the choice to say yes or no. Are you willing to accept this challenge or this uh, this mission? Um, and uh, if you say yes, then it, it starts going through your system, through your energetic system. So you, that's where the visioning comes in. So you you have the idea and you start going, oh, how can I do that? What 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 are what would this look like, right? And then you start. Uh, kind of expressing it and then you start feeling it oh how will it feel when I when I get there and then from there you st the opportunity is to create this I or to uh, make this uh, idea of reality and manifest it are going to start showing up because you now have the fuel to get this idea moving so as you say it starts with the thought but that thought always existed in the universe it was just looking for a match who's willing to take it to the next step well and that's something that i call barbie bubbles in my meditations i send out millions of these iridescent barbie bubbles and just let them pop all over the world just spreading kind of love and joy whenever they possibly can and it might sound corny but to me it's just something that brings you know it warms my heart just knowing that that's just sending love to the planet is something really positive and then last night, it really kind of dawned on me before we were going to have this conversation is that I remember when I used to ski, like I wouldn't be able to ski now. There's no way I'd kill myself, but it's still, <laughs> you know, back in the day, you know, when I lived in Austria, you go to the Alps where they have those little two and three year olds with no poles. They're just kamikaze to down, down the slopes. You're like, there's no there fear. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's no fear. And you're like, Wow, that's amazing. So you get on that fun T-bar and you get pulled up to the top on like the most, you know, amazing slopes, et cetera. But I was thinking about the fact that, you know, this kind of a rise is almost like going on a black diamond slope that you've never, ever skied before. Because once you're on the ski lift or the gondola or the T-bar, you're committed. You're completely yeah. committed. Because when you're up at the top, unless you want to take your skis off and walk down the slope, you're going down, right? And so that's Sit the part of and, uh, and uh, skit, skit up, <laughs> skid exactly. down. 
And and I remember it just like some of these like super treacherous, hairy, mogul filled ones. But when you're doing it and you're cutting through those like amazing, you're just shushing and wishing and you're just going and you've got the wind in your in your in your cheeks and you're just like and then you're at the bottom of it and you're like, I just did, you know the the most treacherous one etc cetera, etc cetera, and you didn't have an accident and you made it etc after the end of that you really have to prize yourself you really have to prize yeah. yourself for the fact that you were able to put that together and that you accomplished it and so i think in some ways for a lot of people it's the same thing of a roller coaster you know once you're doing that ascent and, and it pulls in the you're, you know, that you're going to be at the top and you're going to be going, going down the banks of whatever G's that they're basically flying on. But it's that whole thing in the sense of where your commitment to yourself and knowing that when you put these things forward, I think sometimes people are also afraid that they're going to get what they want because then they have to stop mm -hmm. complaining. Yeah. And I think that's going to sound funny, but it's true that I think a lot of people like to complain and they kind of like they have friends that like to complain with. So they all get together to complain. That's what they do. And I noticed like people in retirement communities, like they all want to talk about their aches and pains and their medical conditions because it's just like this, like, you know, yeah. oh, I was at the doctor and I had to get, you know, it's like, OK, fine. But by the same token, oh, well, you know, but you're golfing and you're doing this and you're having a nice experience with this person. So it's also the, the perspective. And one thing I think is also so important, which is something I talked about in one of my talks too, is, is also about access. So you don't know what you don't know until you don't know that you didn't know it. Because even mm -hmm. like, you know, we've talked about the first class lounges around the world in like the airports, like there's no sign, there's, they're completely hidden. You have to get the, the passcode and the information and figure out where the elevator is. And the people down below you don't know that you're sitting up there behind the smoked glass enjoying a drink and a nice beverage and a comfy chair with the latest newspaper or whatever you want to do. But it's like that whole thing of where when you have access to more things, it's like almost like doors appear that you didn't even know were even there. And then all of a sudden it's like it becomes magical. That That's the part to me that I feel is so amazing. That's that childlike wonder I was talking about. You were like, oh. <gasps> wow, look at this. And oh my God, and look at this. And, you know, I mean, you and I get, you know, messages from people all the time about how much our classes mean to them and how much like the support has meant to them and all things like that, because it's that kind of stuff of where it's the just desserts of where you know that you contributed to somebody stepping into their greatness and that that was one of the most important things, but they realize that you were pivotal in that because of the fact that your focus on their success and helping them to get to that next level was just like something that nobody had done for them before. And, and this support is so important. It's like, we need to support each other as a human species. We need to literally band together and help to manifest each other's dreams in addition to just our own. Well, a lot of times the only way we are going to manifest our own dreams is to get together with others who are going to be uh, instrumental in making our real or our dreams a reality. But at the uh, at the same time, we become instrumental in making their life or their dreams a reality as well. So it is the only way we are going to be able to manifest our dreams is to be open to the opportunity. So when it when you have that, when you have energized the idea down through your heart, then it is saying yes to the opportunities. And uh, so for you, for example, being able to uh, share 
the wealth of uh, exposure, if you like, to the world is something that you manifested. And now through that, there are many other opportunities that are opening up for you, you know, with sponsors and with people that you interview that are now going to advertise and so forth. So there are one thing gives another and it that you, you kind of touched on that before as well. And it's the, the gratitude for each step and like looking up the slope and being grateful for the courage, being grateful for uh, having the endurance, the resilience, the independence, whatever it is that you need to be grateful for to, uh, but you need to look back and say, wow, I'm so grateful I was able to do that. I'm yeah. so grateful for the experiences. Even, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, it hasn't all been a, a sing and dance getting to this uh, level you're at now. So, <laughs> no, but even in the manifestation process, there are always going to be triggers that are going to challenge us. Um, and we have to be grateful to those too, because then the triggers actually show us what we can work on within ourselves. And when we worked through that, then the manifestation becomes even more beautiful. Uh, so it's it's being grateful. Uh, and then as you build up these different manifestations, going back to the big white canvas, every little piece that you put together for this canvas, that you're grateful for each, each and every one of them. Whatever aspects were in there, whether it was joy, sadness, sorrow, whatever it was, be grateful for it because it brings you to the next level and it allows you to paint all these other parts of the canvas, right? Well, there's always going to be obstacles. I mean, that's the part about it. There's always going to be obstacles. But what I found is that the more manifestations start to kind of like get juiced up, the more they just, I mean, I think what the last two, three weeks has been, you know, every day there's a miracle of the day that I've told you about. It's just been like <laughs> one thing after yep. another. Right. You know, every time I look at my, my email, it's just like, you know, Christmas, like, woo, oh my goodness, it's so cool. But it's also being completely detached from that as well. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I have, I've had certain intuitive guidance. It tells me to ask certain people to be on the show. And it's like, basically, if I hear back from them, great. And if I don't, it wasn't meant to be. But also something that I think is important to touch on, too, is that there's something about the transactional nature of people that I find disappointing or that I did in the past. And so it's like something that I choose very much to be in integrity about. And that was something that I talked about with Naveen Jain on, on Monday, who wrote the amazing book Moonshots. And it's the fact that ultimately, if you're not looking at people from the perspective of what can you get out of them or what they can do for you, but you're talking to the person because you want to be talking to the person and that's the reason and the only reason you can't lose at any time because ultimately you're not looking at them for leveraging anything. You're talking to another human being, another divine being having a human experience that is putting on their pants exactly the same way. And you treat everybody with kindness. Doesn't matter what their station is life. The person who's the barista at Starbucks gets the same amount of respect as a CEO. You always have to be very, very in alignment with that kind of stuff. Cause I think that that kindness as a way of living, is something that's really, really important. And Naveen Jain, in my interview with him, said a really funny story about the fact that because he owns a bunch of companies, he's a CEO, he doesn't pay himself a salary. 
and he goes to cocktail parties and people say, what do you do? And he says, I'm unemployed and I'm unemployable. And they say, oh yeah, so uh, you want a drink? I'm gonna go go over here. And then they walked away <laughs> and then they find out who he is and also they come back and he's like, yeah, I don't need to talk to you, et cetera. It's like, and, and that's the part about it of where, you know, I know in any job that I've had, when I've had, you know, janitors or other people that clean my room and the hotels and things like that, there's just something of where you always are, are very respectful to the fact that those people are, are being of service to you. In addition to that, any person who delivered something during the pandemic, I always have a gift for them. It's like, you know, it's kind of that Ken Honda perspective of making a happy money where it's like you, you have, I like the idea or the concept of abundance for all, and I won't do anything unless it's win-win for everybody involved. So that's to me is something of where you kind of, in that, what I was talking about figuring out who am I, not only are you figuring out who am I, but then you're also kind of asking yourself, well, what are my values and what am I willing to be able to go forward with? Because a lot of people will tell you that they're about honesty and kindness and then they run, turn around and they are shrill and screaming at people. So it's like that's that congruency of where I know it's difficult a lot of times to read books and then apply that knowledge to your own life because that's the acquisition of the wisdom of that of that knowledge. And, you know, I've been on a personal growth quest for probably the last 30 years. So this isn't an overnight thing for me, but by the same token, the absolute like just pinnacle of all this stuff of just starting to, you know, manifest in this way has been in the last year and a half. And I think there is, because things are not kind of the status quo, you have people who are not the celebrities any longer who are going out there and creating totally different vibrations because mm -hmm. people are paying attention to other people that they resonate with. And you get to pick who you wanna have in your living room. You get to pick whose voice you wanna hear and how they talk and what they stand for and things like that. You completely have that choice now with all the podcasts and all the shows and things that, that you wanna do. But if you walk away from a show or you walk away from something and you feel a little bit better and a little bit lighter and getting you know feedback from people saying like, oh, that extreme gratitude really got me through some dark times during the pandemic or, you know, oh, you know, your, your advice helped me out with this or, or just being, you know, or just you being you inspired me to go be me. It's like, to me, that's like one of the most beautiful gifts that you could give to somebody is the fact that, you know, and I think I've said it in many places that I love original people. I just think it's it's more fun to be around original people. And it seems like our world is becoming more and more a conformist world. And so I think a lot of the people who are our unique voices are gonna also be the ones that can spread the message. And if it's about kindness and generosity, I want to pay attention to that because what I'm finding is that I'm attracting all these people who are all about kindness and generosity as well. And so we can almost create our own society in some ways. Yeah. I used to love my friend Robin's parties in New York. He would invite this just amazing eclectic mix of people. And it was the funnest parties because it, it was, just like walking through a showroom of different personalities from different walks of lives. So yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. I would challenge everybody to, you know, tomorrow today when when you go into a shop or go into your Starbucks or go to your coffee shop, whatever, when you pay, tell the person behind the counter you're doing a fabulous job. You're doing an amazing job and feel the connection you get with the person when you lift them up like that it, it can change you forever mm -hmm. and being able to do that on a on a moment by moment basis could uh, in itself help you to accelerate um, things in a very positive direction 
So it's uh, that idea of uh, part of, uh, paying it forward in terms of kindness, it comes back and pays you back uh, in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I was thinking uh, that perhaps uh, we should uh, wrap up a little bit in terms of uh, the concepts or uh, allow us to look at just conceptualize it a little bit and then uh, uh, that you take us through the process of create uh, a creation ball um, to help uh, that visioning. Uh, would that be okay with you? Sure. So I call them creation bubbles. I know Christian Marie Sheldon calls them blessing balls. I know that the Tibetan lamas and other people in, in uh, they call them chi balls or called prana balls, energy balls, et cetera, et cetera. And what you're doing is you're kind of looking at the kinesthetic energy that is in the universe. And so some people can use them for good and some people use them for bad, but for our purposes, we're using them 100% only for good because that's that's how we roll. But anyway, uh, it's it's an important thing in the sense of where, I mean, if you put your hands together, you're almost imagining that you have kind of like a basketball. And then you just kind of like imagine for a moment of bringing in the space, you kind of feel into it. And so if you put your hands together, you can actually almost feel this, this warmth or this heat that comes together between them. And then from there, you basically kind of, you open open up your space and you allow this energy to be able to kind of play with it. And you imagine that it's swirling and it's moving around. And then from there you ask yourself, okay, so you can do this before you have a meeting, let's say with a, a, a coworker or a boss for an evaluation and you're really, really nervous about it. So you're imagining, so you bring the people in that are gonna be at the meetings, imagine yourself, your boss, maybe there's another employee there, you're imagining their office, you're imagining that, you're having a really good evaluation. They're telling you all this great stuff that you've been doing. They might have a little bit of feedback for you that might not necessarily be positive, but that's kind of like the the lesser of the things. And you just imagine that all of the things go smoothly. You're not in any kind of a stressful situation. And then from there, you allow all this energy to come in. You ask what color do you want to have in there? And so possibly a red swirl, maybe a green swirl. You allow that to swirl over the all three of you guys. And then you ask what question, what words would you like to have as the result of that? And so maybe you say success, good review, positive, smiling. And so you put those words into it together. And then now you allow this to completely just kind of pulsate and turn into this beautiful energy just by itself. And then from there, I always send it off to the left. So I send it off. So you're sending it forward to the date and time that this meeting is going to happen. And you switch it out and then you allow it to basically be something of where you do not think about it afterwards. You let it be. So that's one of the most important things in regards to the manifesting is that you don't continue, you don't continuously do, you know, the same creation bubble, same creation bubble, same creation bubble over, 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 over again. Because again, that's like basically telling the universe that you don't trust it. And that's one of the things that you use for muscle. But I know Christopher and I have practiced something called gamification. And a lot of those things you need to start off with, but things that don't matter to you. You don't start off with your rent or your mortgage or your taxes or whether or not your kid gets into the school you want them to get into, you focus on something small. So, hey, if I want to do something where you say, hey, universe, I would love for you to tell me, you know, I'm gonna have this, this opportunity, show me a butterfly. And then you're walking around during the day and then next thing you know, you're, you might be at the grocery store and you look over and the lady has a, a purse that has a giant big blue butterfly on it. And you say, okay, 
thank you very much. And so it's just that kind of thing of just being aware. What I find is when you start looking at signs and synchronicities that are all around you, uh, Christopher and I actually have a course that we're um, developing that will be ready in the next month that we've already beta tested and it's been absolutely amazing how people's lives have transformed. So watching those- by, by the time this uh, episode airs, it'll be uh, live, so. Awesome. So yeah. this is something of where once you start looking at those signs and synchronicities that are out there, it's almost like the universe is playing with you and it becomes really, really cool, almost like a Nintendo, you know, when you have the magic mushrooms and you get the extra 50 bonus points and you find that the world becomes almost technicolor because there's all these different things that you didn't see until you started paying attention. And the number one thing that you can do also to pay attention is to not be walking around with earbuds in and the phone that is strapped to you constantly 24 hours a day have device-free times during the day where you take a break, where you're just not on your device, so you can have an opportunity to be able to actually go out there and smell the fresh air and enjoy the sun and things like that. So that's also just kind of a, you know, a little tip to be able to allow yourself to get a little bit more connected. Or and Christopher can talk about grounding because that's something he focuses on a lot. Well, the uh, just want to tie back with the creation bubble. What you are essentially doing is that you're preparing your your mind and your energy on this positive experience or this experience you're, you're going to have. So, so what you, what happens is that you, you prepare yourself for the, or you prepare your uh, mindset for the, uh, for the event or the meeting or whatever it may be. So, so uh, you have the reticular activate activating system that you then uh, is going to start looking for things to validate your experience or to validate this creation bubble that you've created. It's the same thing when you're sitting in uh, meditation or even when you're walking out during the day, you, there's something you try to remember. And the harder you try to remember it, and this goes back to not creating the same or doing the same creation ball for uh, the same thing over and over again, the harder you try to remember it, the more difficult it is going to be to remember it. It's only when you actually just ask the question, what was that I needed to remember, and you let it go, that suddenly it's going to come back to you, right? So it is that allowing yourself to let go and just release any expectations of uh, what, what's about to come. Um, so that is then going to uh, allow you to it's that detachment that you were talking about before, not attaching to the to the actual outcome, but allowing the outcome to be whatever it's supposed to be, because it can it could actually turn out to be far more beautiful than we could ever imagine, right? Um, so, in order to, we were we we're talking about the idea coming to you, and then being able to visualize it, being able to express it, being able to feel the feeling around it energizing it through your passion now this idea has to come into physical manifestation or physical expression uh, so if the idea was a, a song then you need to uh, get it out so, so people can hear it uh, if it's only existing within you it's not doing much good for humanity um, so this is where the the idea of grounding is so important because if we only exist up in the idea stage, we're not going to be able to bring these ideas into manifestation and they're not going to be good for anybody. So being able to bring um, this into alignment with your physical expression, that's where we ground. And 
you know, I, under my desk, I sit with a grounding pad that's connected to the uh, uh, grounding outlet. Um, and also you can walk barefoot out in nature or do visualizations uh, where you feel this grounding cord through your body down into the ground. But if we look at the science behind this, it actually has physiological benefits to you. It diminishes your um, any inflammation that you have in your body. It uh, allows your body to, or the uh, blood in your body to flow uh, more easily. So there are so many benefits too. And they actually show within four days of uh, starting a grounding practice, there are uh, notice, uh, uh, not noticeable differences in your uh, the viscosity of your blood and uh, inflammation levels in your body. So it's quite amazing, actually. And this is one of the reasons why Japanese doctors or ordain um, or tell people to go out and uh, do their uh, uh, forest bathing, for example. Uh, it is because grounding is one of those very important things to do. But in order to manifest, you need to be able to ground and you need to be able to bring those ideas into physical manifestation and if you're not grounded you're not going to be able to do that so shall we um just very quickly before we end go through the various stages that we just kind of recap the the process that we talked about so i talked about you know that we have being able to start out uh, with something that you can believe in is important so if you are in the beginning process of your manifestation journey, don't fantasize about, or don't don't try to manifest the chateau in France right away, unless you are in a small chateau in, in France and you want to have a bigger chateau. Um, so start out with something that you can believe in, that something that is within your comfort zone, as it were, and then know that once you get there, you step up from there. But also to be, be able to visualize it and bring it into something that you can feel. So for me, for example, uh, when I started this process and I would try to, uh, I would sit in my meditation, I go, what would it feel like if I had $100 million on my bank account? And I couldn't feel it because it, it was, A, it was far out of my reach. And I, I wasn't really sure, you know, what, what, what was the purpose, right? So I changed that to, okay, what would it be like if I could help anybody at any time and anywhere I wanted to? And that I could feel into. So that then became that mantra. And then I could start manifesting money from that because the money is a tool to be able to do the things that you want to do, right? So money in itself is not is not inherent inherently um, bad as it were it's there as a tool for you to actually do good in the world so uh, being able to vision uh, visualize uh, the next step for you that is going to be comfortable for you right and then uh, you were talking about uh, feeling into that and the gratitude right and then also stepping into being the VIP of your own life and that when you have things in your home that you're already just saving for a special occasion, et cetera, et cetera, don't let those items end up at the Salvation Army being sold because of the fact that you never wore them. 
I mean, that that's the, that's probably the crux of it. And then mm -hmm. stepping into the space of where you start to ask yourself, well, who am I? And, you know, if my opinion of myself is the most important opinion, what would I start doing? And one caveat to that too, that I don't think I mentioned, but is really, really important. We all have those people in our lives who are dream busters. We all have those people who like to take a big old pin and they like to pop that mm -hmm. big hot air balloon that's like ascending. And when these are brand new for you and this is something you're stepping into, et cetera, et cetera, only share them with people that you know are really, really gonna be able to take your dreams and cradle them as if they're brand new newborn babies. Do not allow them to be out there for people who are naysayers who are gonna you know, tell you that you can't do this, et cetera, et cetera, because there are so many people out throughout the history of the world who were told that they couldn't do certain things. And we have beautiful inventions and other things that we're holding in our hands now that are just normal everyday things because they believed in their visions and they kept doing them over and over and over again until they perfected it. So that I think is also a really important thing. And then really just kind of checking out in the sense of where you know, where can you use color in your life? Where can you use things of where, you know, if you have a watch that you haven't worn for a long time, you might want to just put that, you know, little little bling watch on and just see whether or not your vibration changes. And if it doesn't, you don't need to wear it again. But it's still just kind of like, you know, adding just a little something extra to where you start to kind of experiment with like, how does this make me feel? And somebody mm -hmm. asked me a question like a year ago, they said, you know, if you could have, you know, a brand new car, and if you could have this, this and this, what would you get? And I said, I love my car. I love my car exactly the way it is and I don't need a new car. And they were like, really? And I said, yeah, I could maybe have another car, but the one I have is the one I'm really, really happy with. And I think that's the part too about like Christopher's talking about. If the feeling that you have when you're in it and you're driving and I've shared times where, you know, I love to put up the sunroof and I'm on the California freeways and I'm belting out tunes, you know, at the top of my lungs with the, the, the bass thumping, I'm happy. So therefore it's like, you know, those are the kind of things too about like, be satisfied with the things you have. Be satisfied mm -hmm. with those things and enjoy them as opposed to always wishing that you had, you know, something different. That that's also in the sense of where having that satisfaction of saying, like, you know, man, I love, you know, I love my place that I live, or I love my swimming pool, or I love my car, or I love my shoes, or whatever else. Cause then it just kind of adds that thing. And that's kind of like that happy money philosophy that Ken Honda has in the sense of where you make your money and your things, you know, happy and they want to work for you. And then all of a sudden you, you multiply and you get more of it. So, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff too, where I think stepping into that energy is, is just as important as anything else. Well, that's where the big step or the big leap is uh, going to uh, trip you up because if you're not content and grateful for what you have, and you, or rather, you you say you're grateful for your car, but you you desire to have the Bentley Continental, then you it becomes very hard to be grateful for that car you have. But perhaps now, if you're driving like I drive a Volvo V40, love my car. It's a wonderful car to drive. But you know, I might want to upgrade to a Tesla three, for example. Mm -hmm. So now that's not a huge leap. And it still allows me to be grateful for the car I have and appreciate it. But, you know, at some point I'm going to upgrade and then next step might be a Tesla 3. So that and that is always something that stumps us in the manifestation process is being able to be content where you're at mm -hmm. while still desiring something more. And it is that balance and the, the the contrast of that, or really the paradox, be grateful for what you have but want more, um, 
and it's being able to uh, deal with that balance and not put you know these things out there that are not within your reach at that particular time just go step by step and be patient right and be grateful for every single validation that you get on this manifestation journey well and i think also the fact is that too it's like when you also again the access that i was talking about as well you know i know that for myself in my vision you know the more abundant that i become monetarily or network or whatever it is the more I've made a, a pact with myself that 10% of that is going to go out to be able to help people in communities. I know we talked about a charity and an education think tank and things like that. It's like when you have the opportunity to have financial abundance, you have the opportunity then to be able to help people with that, with the opportunity to connect different people that can do things together or also be able to just have, you know, the ability to write a check to go, you know, create a school in this particular place because it's been put out there. But again, it's like, that's why I'm so excited about the consciousness corner because there's so many people out there who are doing amazing amazing work around the world, but they're unsung heroes and nobody knows exactly what they're trying to do other than in their local area and now give it a global thing. I mean, you know, what would it take for everybody to have their, their dreams funded so that they can help millions, if not billions of people around the planet? I mean, that's the part mm -hmm. about it. It's so delicious and amazing because you're literally like you're, I think what I've come to the conclusion of in the last couple of weeks is that, you know, it's like, I'm the manifestation of many people's dreams and many people are the manifestations of mine. And if we literally have been all manifesting each other and focusing on that, it just becomes this exponential, beautiful thing. And again, it's that win-win philosophy, that Mara up that Ken Honda talks about. It's that opportunity to step into that beautiful flow of frequency and everybody benefits. And to me, that's the world I want to live in. Absolutely. And it's uh, allowing yourself to, to dream, allowing yourself to bring that dream into your own life. Because there are so many people in the middle age that go, what, what, what happened to my dream? What happened to the dream I had when I was a kid, right? So that childlike wonder and just allow yourself to dream. Allow yourself to paint as many colors on that canvas as you want and fill it in as you go along. So, well, I think that that kind of puts a very good picture on it. And I think uh, people uh, can uh, really see how that journey can start from, you know, the, the very basic up to the uh, big manifestations and you just take it one step at a time. So uh, so for all, all of you on, on this, uh, watching this right now, you can uh, also hear us talk on uh, uh, the podcast which you can see at the bottom of the screen, uh, the ticker, thealchemyexperience.co.uk slash podcast. And um, going forward, Barbie has a lot of uh, more shows on her channel, which uh, you are obviously aware of because you're watching it now. So good luck to you, Barbie, and uh, great having you here today. Thank you. And the last thing I want to tell your audience is the most important thing is you need to make it fun. Your own oh. life is your own reality show. You need to be living your own life as if it's a reality show. Don't go watch other people live their lives. Go live yours and make it as fun as you can. Exactly. Thank you very much for that, Barbie. And uh, we'll see you later. Right. Thank you. Bye. I hope you're excited about practicing and trying out this new process for yourself and see how you might be able to apply visioning into your own life. If you want to explore 
this topic or any other topic they make uh, here here on uh, the Alchemy Experience podcast. We do have a coaching workshop at the Alchemy Experience that you're welcome to take part in. And uh, why don't you head over to uh, thealchemyexperience.co.uk where you can take advantage of a 30-minute free uh, initial consultation to discuss how we might be able to support you in your journey. Uh, if you want to find out more about the uh, uh, You Are Amazing TV channel that Barbie Layton hosts, please check out the uh, show notes uh, or episode notes on this uh, episode of uh, the Alchemy Experience uh, podcast, where you can find links to how to watch the different shows and to uh, uh, find a link to her webpage as well. Uh, I appreciate you joining us today and I hope to uh, see you at the Alchemy Experience uh, coaching workshop or hoping to find you back here at the Alchemy Experience podcast soon again. Have a great one. Take care.